0: Hey, friends, and welcome to the Soul Haven Podcast, your safe space. I'm your host, Courtney, and each week we are going to let our walls down and get completely real. We will chat openly and honestly about all topics from entrepreneurship, spirituality, relationships, health, beauty, and more. You name it, we got it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Soul Haven Podcast. I'm so excited to. Um, introduce you to today's guest and let you kind of enjoy her company because it's the best company you can have. Um, But I'm going to introduce you to my mom. (laughs) So welcome mom. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. (laughs) Today we are, we don't really have a set itinerary or set plan. We're kind of just going to wing it um, and then you guys can kind of get to know a little bit about my upbringing and my life as well as my mom's because she is always going to be your biggest cheerleader. (laughs) So um, I guess you can introduce yourself if you want and tell everybody our listeners who you are. Well I'm Donna. I'm
1: Courtney's mom. Um, I raised three beautiful young ladies. I grew up in Edmonton until I was in junior high and moved out to Riley, and then from there I graduated, moved away for a bit, and then moved back and
0: had a family. So we'll kind of start off. So I I guess I grew up mainly on a farm, but we started in town, in a cute little home. Um, What year was it, or how old was I when I guess we moved to the farm you were five
1: it was in 97 we moved so six just about six so kelsey would have been one right she She turned one on the farm Mm -hmm. yeah so we lived we got married and we lived in town and decided to move to a farm to raise you girls and i worked in riley so it was nice and close to riley so yeah it
0: worked out really well and we so in a small in our small town, it was a little bit different. We kind of had two schools between us, so we went k to six in Holden and then seven to twelve in Riley, and then you would take the bus and transfer in between. However, I started off in Riley school till grade three. Yeah, grade three started
1: Holden when the elementary uh, amalgamated together and Our farm was situated north, but between the two towns. So it worked out either way, um, because you could either drive into Riley with
0: me or take the bus to Holden. Yeah, which was, wasn't ours, like the first Range Road or something? Yeah, first Range Road to go to Holden. Yeah, yeah. So um, my mom, I think I've kind of talked about this in the other episode before, about how A, she's a gem. And a saint, I always say and tell people because she's the best heart. But um, so growing up, we went to church. You were a Sunday school teacher for a while.
1: Yeah, I taught Sunday school for a few years and I taught Awana. It's a a kids group based on, um, you know,
0: Christian morals. And I did that for a while as well. Yeah, and so... Growing up, I can't even remember what age, I I just feel like it was my whole life pretty much, um, where we always had someone living with us. We always kind of gave extra love to the people who needed the extra love or always had a nice warm meal for the people who sometimes didn't always have that. Yeah, we always had an open door policy
1: basically. I, I grew, up, grew up that way as well. I always remember you know, my brother's friends or somebody, or even my friends wanting to live with us or come and go when they were having problems at home. And then that just continued on when I had my own kids, so we always kind of took um, the ones that just needed a little extra attention or love under our wings, and they just came and, came and went, and <laughs> it's just how it was
0: even sometimes lots of people who didn't even need the extra love just our house was like a main hub I find growing up it was always like that we always had extra people I don't even really remember time like too many times when we didn't have extra people in our house coming in and out or neighbors or friends or friends of friends or yeah oftentimes I'd wake up in the morning and check the porch to see whose shoes were
1: in my porch <laughs> or vehicles were parked outside. Um, but I always felt that was important because I always wanted people to feel like there was a safe place to stay or or whatever. And um, no judgment. They could just come and go and,
0: yeah. No questions were asked or anything. It was just no,
1: like... I mean, sometimes kids needed a break from their parents too, right? <laughs> <laughs> like we need a break from you guys. They needed a break from... Their parents, and they always just knew that they could come when they when they needed. Mhm,
0: mhm. It was so nice growing up on a farm too. I find you're f- almost forced to grow up faster. If that makes sense, like I remember, either making meals to go out in the combine or at a young age.
1: Yeah, yeah. You always had chores. All the kids had chores, and because um, we we had cows and we had pigs and we had laying hens and we had chickens and goats, and sheep, sheep, and I'll
0: never forget the time when we have like this big had this big garden dirt on the front, and my dad, what was it? Manure?
1: Well, he he piled the manure from the field or from the pens. Onto our garden and uh, work it in in the springtime, which made the garden rich, right? Or the soil rich. And you kids thought it was just a snow pile, and you're in winter and you're going up and down it, and, and you come in the house and you kind of smelled. And I'm like, you do realize that's like a manure pile, right? You're playing on.
0: We're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Like, we were going down the. slides or whatever and it was turning brown we didn't think anything (laughs) yeah it was never a a dull moment no never a dull moment at at the farm so speaking of, of gardens remember the pigs you can tell the story yeah one time the pigs got
1: out and uh got into my garden and rooted the whole garden up and it was really thriving that year and doing really well and get up the next day and there's no garden left I guess we had an early harvest (laughs) so
0: that was pretty funny I never I will never forget your reaction how it's funny now because we can talk about it but at the time you were just devastated (laughs) or the time where Kim really didn't realize that we had pigs
1: yeah I think they got out again And I'm like, come on, girls, we have to go and get the pigs in. And Kimberly's like, we have pigs.
0: (laughs) And if you've been to our farm, you'll understand because you literally just look out the The, window and you can see everything. Yeah,
1: the kitchen window you can see back by the barn. (laughs) Or the year we had a drought and it was terrible. Like, the crops weren't growing, the grass wasn't growing, and we had sheep and... (laughs) they'd keep getting out to graze on our front lawn because there was a little bit of green grass in there. And Kimberly was like, just make sure those sheep aren't on the front grass. When the bus brings us home, I'll be so embarrassed.
0: <laughs> oh, there were so many good times on the farm. So many yeah. good times. It's nice to like reflect and think back. Those like crazy memories that you don't even realize. You take advantage of where we had
1: 300 laying hens and we'd have to wash eggs every night. And lo and behold, I find out years later that you girls were smashing them and breaking them on purpose so you'd have less to wash.
0: Because we had to wash it. Let me clarify. This is my justifying it. There's no justifying it at all, but this is my justifying when I was young, is that we had this, like, yellow... It was like a, like a mini little... Basket.
1: Yeah, basket that went kind of like in a... Uh, washer it would go back and forth to swish the water around
0: with some special cleaner in it to wash the eggs and then you'd have to take them out and you'd have to dry them off and then you'd put them in the cartons and we were just getting over it and we didn't like it so you know, kids are kids and we decided to just smash half of them against the barn and go back in and I remember someone I can't remember if it was you or your dad being like, wow, these chickens just aren't really doing very well. Right. They must be molting. They're not laying very well. <laughs> oh, behold, <they're> devil children. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess enough about the stories. We'll, or we can sit here for hours or even days and talk about them. But um, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the spirituality portion of it because if you listened to a couple episodes prior um, if you haven't I highly recommend you do um, I actually got onto my spiritual journey all because of you so I guess you can kind of talk about how you got into yours and then we can kind of go from there
1: okay well I've always felt like I was intuitive or I had some sense of knowing I knew things and I didn't know why I knew them And probably more so about 20 years ago when, you know, you girls were young and the stress of life and working full-time and farming and raising three little girls, um, I started getting into more energy healing and acupuncture as well. And that brought about um, the spiritual side of it and angels and angel card readings and, and stuff like that. Did you start with body talk? Was that I the first did, thing? Yeah, I did talk with. I did start with body talk, and then that kind of went into also receiving um, acupuncture, and then it went on to other kind of energy healings. I have my Reiki masters as well. Um, I also do something that's called access bars, um, and it's just kind of energy healing that's focused on the head but it's like giving yourself a full uh, body massage and yeah just different kind of modali- modalities that I was interested in so are you open to giving treatments if people were to contact you yeah sure I would yeah I work full-time but definitely
0: love to help others and because if you haven't received e treatment by my mom You need to. She's like a wizard. (laughs) I
1: also like um, doing distance card readings. Mm -hmm. So what I do usually is um, a reading, and then I would just type it all out and email it
0: to whoever is uh, wanting it. And I find that's the best treatment, too, because when you're in a treatment, if you haven't received one yet, this is kind of just like a food for thought, I guess, is that when you are in a personal treatment I guess personal is not the right word but like when you're in In person yeah in person treatment um everything just comes at you and you have to either take notes if the other person allows you to and it's a lot of information and a lot of downloads but if you get it via email or anything like that I find it's just way better because then you have time to like go back and reflect I find those are sometimes my best treatments is when I like in a couple of years, I'll go back and be like, where am I at now? What was it told to me before? Yeah,
1: that's, that's the great part. You can see how far you've evolved since, you know, whatever treatment. And sometimes when um, you give a reading or whatever, people like to reflect because it doesn't really resonate with them at the time because they're just so focused on trying to think about everything. And if you can go back and look and think, oh, yeah, that does make sense now.
0: Mm-hmm. That is a good way of putting it. Yeah. Because it is a lot sometimes at the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're told something that makes zero sense and doesn't resonate with anything. And then when you sit on it for a while or, you know, you talk to, you know, your family members and they're like, oh, yeah, that was so-and-so or this happened when, you know, back when. And then it does make sense.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, so with that being said, my question for you is for someone who is just starting on their or a beginner in their spiritual practice, and I guess this doesn't necessarily necessarily need to be a beginner, I guess. Um, what would you say are the best tools to start off with?
1: Um, I think getting a, a set of oracle cards, just go in and see whatever you resonates with you, whatever deck you're drawn to. And then you can just pull those daily and for yourself first and uh, see how that goes and, and it can guide you along the way. I also like pendulums. Um, they seem to be easy and, and what you do with a pendulum is you ask it a specific question and you can get a yes or no answer uh, depending on which way the pendulum sways or circles. And that also is attuned to um, each person separately like somebody can have a round motion for a yes and a back and forth for a no. That's what I get. But others, it can be the opposite. So you just have to attune it to your own body. Um, I did teach an angel reading course years ago, which was fantastic.
0: Um, that is amazing.
1: Yeah. And then try and meditate. So sit, sit with yourself for a bit and just ask yourself a question. And everybody has intuition. It's just whether you hone it or not or or tap into it. So lots of times you are in a situation or you ask yourself a question and sometimes you get a pit in your stomach and usually that's signaling to you that's not a good idea or I wouldn't go there or I wouldn't pursue that. And oftentimes people ignore their intuition because they want things to happen a certain way or they're controlling the situation. And what's important is the more you trust your intuition or your knowing or, you know, the pit in your stomach, the more it will show you and the more accurate it will become because you have to trust yourself. What's right for you may not be right for the next person. So it's always, you know, whatever is best for yourself. Everyone's different.
0: I agree. I love that. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you something. So, what would you say um, has been your biggest hurdle in your spiritual path?
1: I would say my biggest hurdle was because I'm Christian, and um, and I was teaching Sunday school and kids club and whatnot. I had a really hard time struggling with whether this was Christlike or. Um, morally right or wrong, because a lot of people view oracle cards or energy healing as, you know, witchcraft or demonic or, or whatever you want to say. But then I really reconciled with it because you read in the Bible all the time there's healers, there's seers, there's um, no know, people knowing. And um, God wouldn't give us all this these tools if he didn't want us to use them. And so once I reconciled with that and uh, realized that no, it's okay. Everyone's intuitive and just because you tap into your intuition or you use um, oracle cards to just I mean, it's not the end all be all, but to guide you along the way is, is okay. I mean God wants us all to thrive and be happy and why wouldn't he give us these tools to, to move forward?
0: I love that. I love that. That's so true. Okay, so I'm going to ask you another question, Mom. Um, what was it like raising three daughters and any struggles, hurdles, anything like that? What would be? What was your journey for that? Um, I think my journey mostly with raising three daughters
1: and, and working and farming is exactly that. Was working, raising three kids and farming. It was, it was a lot of work. I don't. I look back some days and can't believe we made it through those years. But um, yeah, I just thankfully you girls were, for the most part, great kids. I didn't have to worry about you too much, and I always felt like you know. You girls need to learn your lessons, and and that's why we're here on Earth, to learn things. Everything's not going to come easy. And I always felt that um, if you messed up, then we we learn another lesson, we correct it, um, we apologize if need be, and we move forward. And that's why I always said with you kids growing up, I never picked your friends, I never told you not to hang out with so-and-so or... You know, because maybe the other parents didn't feel like one person was a was a very good influence in your life. Always just felt like if that person's struggling, maybe you're the light that they needed in their life. Um, maybe they need to, you know, to be around us. And by no means were we perfect. We all had our struggles and we all learned our lessons. But I just wanted to be inclusive to everyone and, and try not to be... Um, very judgmental or as unjudgmental as possible and um, and just help everybody thrive I mean it takes a community to raise a family and we just needed to help each other out it's hard being a parent whether you're you know a mom or a dad it's it's hard and you learn along the way it's there's not a rule book and everybody should just help everybody
0: mm-hmm I always remember, too, always saying, like, leave someone better than you found them. Yeah. And that's always kind of, like, stuck with me. It's like, at the end of the day, you don't really know what one is going through. And even if you do sometimes know what they're going through, you don't know how they're reciprocating it on the other end. Yeah, that's for sure. You never
1: know what's happening behind closed doors. And uh, you should always try and give everybody a chance. I mean, again, we all make mistakes. Um, we all judge at some point in our life, but it's stopping and realizing what you're doing and trying to do better the next day. Every day is a new beginning.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aw, I love that, Mom. <laughs> That's so sweet. Okay, I kind of want to go off that because um, it does take a village to raise a family, and especially in, I've noticed, in a small community and small town farming community I'll never forget the time that grandpa was in the hospital in the city and I mean we're like what an hour away from the city so we were going back and forth and well he was in Vagerville oh he was in Vagerville yeah okay so still about 40 minutes yeah and it was during harvest and I remember just the stress of harvest is if you're from a small town and you're a farmer you know the stress of harvest as is and then adding something like that on top where you have to get your crops off and i remember it being late at night and coming home and it was like time to get in the combines and get the was it were we getting the crops off yeah yeah and all of a sudden it's night well dark out and i just remember all these combines coming out and helping us and that's what it's like
1: yeah that's what that's what small town living really is about the neighbors helping one another and I was so grateful when my dad was in the hospital and the neighbors came and helped take our crop off because I couldn't be there every day and I still was working and trying to juggle work and being at the hospital as much as I could with my dad and trying to be home to farm and yeah the neighbors were wonderful I was so incredibly grateful for them
0: yeah you almost like you didn't about that makes me want to tear up yeah
1: <gasps> Yeah.
0: It's it's a very, how do I say this?
1: It's a humbling experience when you go through a hardship and you realize all the people that want to come together and help
0: you through it. And it's people who you don't sometimes expect. Yeah. They are, you know, everyone kind of drops their stuff and it's like, okay, let's put whatever's, ha- you know, stuff aside and it's, it's time to help this family. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I remember growing up, and I was younger for my grade, and so I graduated when I was 17, and I remember being like, okay, the first sign I get that I can move out of this town, I am gone, <laughs> and I moved to the city when I was 17, didn't really know anybody in Edmonton, and it was wild, and now as I get older, I don't want to I I would love to move back to a small town, I feel like and there's nothing wrong with being in the city or anything like that. It's just I remember my roots and you almost take advantage
1: of Well, what it's you. not as rushed sometimes as as well, right? Like you don't have all the traffic, as much traffic and the hubbub and running here and running there.
0: And being an empath and having a million energies around you and yeah. you just
1: That's the big thing. Yeah,
0: it's a lot.
1: But then there's also blessings to it, too, right? Like, who knows? Running down the street and getting your
0: groceries. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Or the ice cream truck. Yeah. <laughs> and not Schwann's. If you know, you know. That's right. <laughs> oh, Schwann's was the best. Yeah. The orange, creamsicle, push pops. Oh. Or the strawberry and raspberry. Mm, this is making my mouth water. Okay. Well, we're getting to that time. Um, I know I'm going to have you as a guest again, because your energy is amazing. If you haven't met my mom yet, you're missing out. If you have, you're lucky to know her. (laughs) So, um, I'm going to ask you one final question. What is some advice or anything that someone may need to hear on the other end of this that might touch them?
1: Well, I always think that people should first and foremost listen to their intuition. You'll you'll know that feeling whether it's right or wrong. Just listen to it. Listen to it. The more you listen to it, the better it'll get, the louder it'll be. And also try not to judge. I mean, we just never know what somebody else is going through and what hardship they're going through. And again, I, I realize we all make mistakes and it's not like I'm any saint. I've been there, but I try to just listen to their stories. Um, homeless people have a place in my heart, honestly. So don't look down on them. I mean, if you're able to help them, even with a few bucks, it's not for us to judge what they're going to do with that few bucks. Just just let them know that people still care and, and love them, and, and they're just deserving and worthy as well. And,
0: uh, yeah, just be kind. Oh, I love that. I do agree with the homeless because you know what, even just a smile or letting someone know that they're cared for and they're seen yeah, is you, you never know the ripple effect that it can change. Someone's right. Life. And I mean, it could just be one bad
1: mistake, one bad decision they made and, and they end up where they are and you know, they're just as, as worthy as for love as anybody else.
0: Oh, I love that again, guys. Um, if you haven't met my mom, her DMs are open, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I will include her information in the show notes. So if you guys want a treatment by her or anything like that, you guys are more than welcome to contact her. And if you haven't got a treatment by her, you would need to trust me. Um, but Thank you, Mom, for being on. I really, really appreciate you and your energy and your smile. And I love looking at you. (laughs) And with Mother's Day being on Sunday, this episode is extremely, extremely important to me. So, again, guys, um, I am so thankful that you have listened to this this far. And I can't wait for you guys to hear next week's episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to be in the safe space. A recap of the episode will be in the show notes. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Leave us a positive and happy review. Don't also forget to share on social media. We are on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Soul Haven Podcast. Also, don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family because you'll never know who needs to hear this message. Can't wait for you to tune in to next week's episode.